Hello, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. My guest today is my badass, Kathy Sis. She's actually my birthday twin. She's an investigative journalist, and she had some really interesting footage from January 6th. Many of you may know my personal story with it. Uh, I was there. I was not at the Capitol, but I was at the Ellipse. Most of us who were there to support or watch Trump actually never made it to the Capitol because he was still speaking at the Ellipse. Uh, when all of that went down. So, but she has some very interesting footage. We're going to talk about some other people who may have used her footage and uh, the story that she captured because it is really, I think so much is coming forth now that even uh, all the propagandists are having a really hard time, you know, keeping their narrative uh, intact with anyone, really. It just, it's so obvious that there was so much more than what they'd like us to believe. So Miriam, how are you doing today? Hi. Hello. To be here and to share my story and, and, and the footage, but to share this pretty crazy story that I have in my perspective. And I, I would have thought that I would have been questioned by, mm -hmm. even if it was the FBI, but... <laughs> No, um, no, I think saying, hey, I, I ended up in Rudy Giuliani's hotel room and gave my footage. You'd want to know a little bit more about that. How did that even come about? Right. So I, I would love to like kind of add some like start and give some context and share yeah, the story. OK, so one, let's go back to our mindsets. I'll speak for myself mm -hmm. that. I was watching Trump every single day, mostly because he was on the COVID task force and I was covering uh, the Rona. Right. But I was naive in the sense of um, I was identifying definitely with conservatives. And mm -hmm. when Trump said it's going to be wild, mm -hmm. I remember, but I showed up, many people showed up mm -hmm. and it was certainly wild. But then we ended up being caught in a live action uh, role play. So, yeah. so came all the way from California. I was still living in California. I was with Zach for he's the Google whistleblower woke mm -hmm. up really early and uh, like, I don't know, four thirty five in the morning to go and mm -hmm. um, go through in the, all the crowds to get a spot to listen yep. to Trump. And uh, I remember it. Well, <laughs> it was freezing. Remember that? So cold. And so damp. I, it was damp. It was cold. I remember telling right. Zach, "It's gonna today's gonna be historical, Zach." And so, went to to get a spot to listen to Trump, and it turned out that Ali Akbar was manning the VIP area and gave Zach and I access. So I had been praying to God and saying please get me next to Trump because I wanted to energetically scan him before I realized that I kind of scan people um, to get a vibe from them. Mm -hmm. And Zach had been in Miami um, at a Trump rally and I missed it. That was when, if people remember, um, they asked for Fauci, they were saying fire Fauci and they actually, the whole crowd did a wave. And then Trump said, when he gets elected, he'll consider firing him so okay so now i'm like six feet away from trump mm -hmm. and i noticed that he's behind bulletproof glass and this was the first time in the whole year 
that he had been placed behind bulletproof glass. I don't know if you noticed that, if if you remarked on on that. So when I scanned him, it was like, okay, you're not an evil cabal, global cabal leader, but you're an actor Mm -hmm. and you're playing yourself. So that's kind of what I um, ascertained from from that. And then I was, it was really cold and Zach was going to be speaking later. So mm-hmm. I left before it finished, the, 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 his talk finished. And then I have a little clip and I got very emotional because I was really blown away by how many people showed up, you know, in comparison to showing uh, the circles with like three, four people showing up for Joey B. So, yeah, we could, <laughs> we could play that clip. Let's look at all the people crying right now from the energy of all the people. There's no way in hell that Joe Biden won. He would only wish to have a fraction. It's just what it is, folks. Look at all these People, look at all these people. Look. Don't forget when Romney got big. Romney, did you see it? I wonder if he enjoyed his flight in. It's chilling. It's moving. You know, he stands up like you're more credible. Well, I'd like to do where I come from. Yeah, I feel foolish that I cried, but I I was really I do too. It was it was moving, and it was like even just the air was ominous. Like you you look up at the sky, it was like dark and gloomy, and as you said, it was really cold and damp, and there felt like something in the air. And there were so many people. They kept lying about how many people. Um, but you, I I think just being in a crowd like that is very emotional and overwhelming. So, yeah, yeah. So, so started walking back and my goal was to go back to the hotel. I had a heated vest, but I was still freezing my balls off. And so I was going to go back and warm up for a moment and then head back out. And, um, you know, Mickey was going to be speaking. It was Charlene Bollinger's Mm -hmm. uh, where her stage was. So I, I do recall. So as I'm walking back, I'm, I'm listening to the actual the, the Congress, the, 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 the election, the process, right? I'm, I'm listening to the source. Wow. Sorry to interrupt, but for, yeah, yeah. for those who are listening, if you, if you're watching, you can see this, this picture of wow. just how many people there were when they want to tell you that it was, you know, maybe a few tens of thousands I and mean, there's just no way. I remember walking, you know, back and just to walk in the crowds, it takes so long because right. of the sheer number of people. Right. I mean, just looking at that is it is it's still moving and yeah. it's still, you know, pretty obvious that, yeah, no, Joe Biden did not get a, <laughs> no. a fraction of these of these people. So yeah. I I was going to walk. I was starting to walk back 
and uh, uh, people were starting, you know, he hadn't even finished speaking and people were heading mm -hmm. already right. to the Capitol. And so I asked something, what, what's going on? And they're like, right. Pence is a traitor. One guy said, Pence is a traitor. Now, again, I'm listening on my headphones to, to what's happening in, in the, and Trump, I mean, sorry, Pence was nowhere near, he hadn't spoken. So where did they get this notion that Mike Pence was a traitor? Uh, I ended up, I wrote about the elections for Activist Post, um, did like a five or six part mm -hmm. series. And then I ended up for Activist Post writing about the deadly insurrection and doing also a five um, piece segment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, and with pictures and stuff. So it turned out, and I mentioned it in the article, uh, one of them, that supposedly there was an, ar um, um, an article that came out, sorry, a letter from Pence. And yeah, let's see, let's stop at that. Um, that was the woman with the pink hat that had mm -hmm. a um, and then below that, so, but I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. So I'm, I'm wondering why are they saying that Pence is a traitor? Mm -hmm. So I went to the hotel, I warmed up and then I went to see Zach or look for Zach. But at that point it, it was, uh, disassembled that never happened that stage. And, and so if you recall, do you know where that stage was? Which stage? Where, sorry, where Charlene Bollinger and Mickey and... Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Was from the Capitol. So yeah. I went from... It was a, a mile and point two. Yep. I, I went between that stage to the Capitol, back to the supposed stage. I did it like... So once to the Capitol, back, back to the... Again. So I did it three times. I, I ended up walking like six miles and I was mm -hmm. looking for Zach. I had been told, don't be alone. It was freezing. Right. At one point, there were some people dressed in black that sideswiped me, and I fell. Um, I was very thirsty, and I was hungry, and I was looking for my boyfriend. So then I, I finally, it's uh, maybe like 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock now, get mm -hmm. back to the Capitol, and uh, I wanted to go I got tear gassed once and then I wanted to go in. So when I say in uh, later, it was misconstrued that I had been inside the Capitol, but it was just outside of uh, where the rotunda was, where mm -hmm. that woman was, was uh, um, standing with the loudspeaker and there was someone bashing into the door. So mm -hmm. as I was going back and forth and then finally got there, I wanted to find someone to me. Uh, right. from getting smashed uh, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm small, five foot five. So I started scanning for a, a man to ask, like, hey, can you keep cover of me? Right. And as I was looking at the people, I'm like, who the F are these people? These are not, these are not patriots. Uh, right. They look hella suspect. So maybe we could show, like, one of the images of um, – when I took a photo, there's a couple of people that when I looked at them, they looked down. Um, mm. they, they looked, yeah. So that mm -hmm. that guy standing, when I looked at him right away, he looked down. This guy in the forefront also ended up looking away from me. I surmised that these were not patriots. Uh, there's right. a lot of people that I, I felt 
but I didn't even get close. Oh yeah, so now I'm, I'm near the scaffold. When I'm looking at the scaffold, I'm like, oh, this was supposed to be for the inauguration, but look, now it's a climbing, um, it's a climbing gym. Isn't that perfect that came like that? Ninja uh, warrior. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And then I saw Waldo and, and uh, I'm like, where's Waldo? Where's Antifa? That guy was not a patriot. No patriot that I know would dress up like effing Waldo. <laughs> yeah, he really does look like Waldo. <laughs> well, he was first purposely dressed as Waldo. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. So so then I'm, I get close and um, I found a guy. And I don't know why. I looked at him and I said, do you know? I, I, I sussed out that this was a solid guy. And I said, do you mm -hmm. know? Matt Couch, even as I asked it, I don't know why I asked it. And he looked back, he goes, um, Matt Couch's videographer on this shoot. And then it turned out that the guy that I picked was, did Trump detail and was Jason Fuenes that I'll, I'll explain. So Jason had done security and said, do you want to go in like mm -hmm. back into the crowd? And I said, yeah, right. I want to go back in. I'm a journalist. I want to go document and I was scared of getting run over by the crowd. We ended up getting tear gassed again. But first, when we went in, now we're positioned where that pink, the woman with the pink hat, I'm on the side and I can look, I'm looking over and I'm always looking, I'm looking for patterns. So nice. when I scanned the crowd, I saw green and I've been on Hollywood sets and I heard like, wear a green cap or wear a right. green backpack. You know, it's a casting call. So yeah. later, Millie Weaver in her documentary noticed, um, pointed out the people dressed in orange. So the different people in different costumes were mm -hmm. assigned different things. I don't know what the green people were assigned to do, but for instance, the Harry Potter uh, goth chick that took Pelosi's computer that we never right, right, the laptop again yeah. she was wearing a green shirt so i just i noticed green and then there was um a guy beside me and i said to him you know we were jason and i were now yelling stop the violence while right. people were saying stop the steal and then so i asked the guy beside me what do you think uh is happening here right and he said Oh, we gotta clear the we gotta clear the swamp creatures. That's what he said. Yeah, that that's the interesting the goth, goth chick. So when he said that to me, and I said, "Do you think that this is a Game of Thrones? This is an episode of Game of Thrones?" Right. It seemed to me like it was a casting call, and that was a line that he was given. He didn't mm -hmm. seem like he really meant that. Right. And so continue to kind of scan the 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 crowd get uh, tear gas the second time and then it just so happened that Jason ran out of a of space on his phone and so I'm a journalist and he's like can you can you document me saying something and I'm like yeah and then we took we took turns although sure. I don't have mine um and then as we were leaving, he said, I'm going to get that to Rudy Giuliani. Okay. Like, I, I, I didn't know he was staying at the Willard. I didn't know that he knew. I, I, I didn't. I was like, okay. So then the next day he said, uh, meet me at the Willard. And uh, Rudy Giuliani wants that footage. And I thought I was 
partaking in an investigation. So I, I bring Zach with me. We're in the lobby. And mm-hmm. then they know who Zach is. And then I, it's like, okay, let's go up. And I say, well, can Zach go, go with me? And then turns around and goes, no, just you. Okay. So go up to the room, enter the hotel room. Rudy is there with Millie Weaver and Tori. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, is this just going to end up being a documentary? Right. So I give my footage, upload it. Mm-hmm. I tried to introduce myself. Uh, they, they were not paying attention. Definitely didn't know who the FI was. It was mm-hmm. probably better for me, a little honeybee on the wall, mm-hmm. taking, taking things in. So that night, Rudy Giuliani uses my footage on his show, Common Sense. Mm-hmm. He ironically uses Zach's footage too. Zach had captured, he, he wasn't near the Capitol, but he captured some uh, Patriot and, and used both of our clips. Now, wow. did, did isn't that wild out of yeah. just coincidence? That, uh, yeah. Well, it doesn't sound that coincidental, but it's that's crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> Zach and I were not together. I mean, I spent hours looking looking for him to be safe um right well i I, by not coincidental i mean he was clearly like scouring for good footage so uh you know both of you captured good stuff so yeah yeah i I, then when i went back to i was in san francisco i jason fuenes i put him in touch with some other patriots that Mm -hmm. i I connected with and we were uploading footage to mega whatever do you know that platform mega I don't, no um yeah there's a not maga but mega mega i know <laughs> I, 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 I heard you and i was like oh yeah <laughs> yeah just to tell the crowd it's not mega. it sounds like a play but yeah so I, I was uh uploading footage and in fact this one guy sarmo that i put him in touch with jason he showed up because they were both in Florida. I was back in California. Mm-hmm. And when this man, Sarmo, went to Jason, he got a little spooked out because Jason was at a hotel with two big burly guys and uh, like AKA 47s outside of his hotel. And he's like, who is this guy? Right. And then kept in touch, was uploading footage. But again, I thought I was partaking in an investigation. Right. Right, and sure. I think that in retrospect, that they collected a lot of our footage to make sure it didn't go anywhere. Right? Isn't yeah, it? that's that's what that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, know. That is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about all the surveillance, none of our phones worked. Mm-hmm. But that guy, uh, D Live, he was in the Capitol and he was able to stream. And it's like, yeah. what? How the F did were you able to stream? None of us even had a connection. And, and that's what I was going to say. So they captured your footage before you could even upload it or download it anywhere or stream it anywhere because you didn't have connection. So no. it does sound like they collected it so that they they would have control over what was disseminated. And, and in fact, I was still on Twitter. I ended up getting killed for two years, but I was scared to post any of my footage on Twitter because I didn't want to get banned. And I think a lot of us didn't post our footage. Now that night there was a quarantine. There there was a, sorry, there was a curfew. 
and all of a sudden we weren't allowed to leave. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did leave. I I told them I wasn't staying at this hotel and I, I went to um, um, a party or a gathering. Um, But yeah, that it ended up just like, what the F are we contributing to? What, what was this LARP, this live action role play where I'm seeing people that are arguably cast and that were agent provocateurs. You know, then we found out, like I said, I bet they're going to use all of Sullivan's footage for the impeachment trial. I covered that, who this guy was, the fact that his brother was, uh, like they were brothers, but one is a lefty and one is a righty. The the Uh father was a... um, is a general or was in the military, the father Sullivan. And I I covered all of that. And I, I, you know, today I'm a little bit disenchanted. Of course, many of us, many of us are. Of course. Yeah. When, when you say you're disenchanted, can you, what what are you, what are you feeling? (laughs) Why? I feel I feel stupid for showing up, you know, he says it's going to be wild and then we get mm-hmm. entrapped and there's people that are rotting in jail. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. Sullivan Sullivan that they paid $35,000 for his footage. You know, then the year we can play that clip of Jason Fuentes. Yeah. Let's do and, that. Uh, Jason seemed, you know, he captured it very well. Yeah. Let's play it. And then, yeah. America, we are under attack, not by these police officers necessarily, but by the deep state. Here we are in the middle of a of a militant leftist deep state globalist operation trying to make Trump supporters look like idiots and that we're violent agitators. With truth and fact, there are people dressed up in MAGA hats and other gear that are pretending to be MAGA supporters and they're instigating and they're playing on the emotions of all Trump supporters. Listen to this. Listen to this. These are people that love the cops. We love the police. But a few Antifa dressed up as Trump supporters have been causing violence and stirring up violence here at the Capitol steps. And they're playing on the emotions of you and every patriotic American. This is not right. It is not necessarily their fault either. We've just been tear gassed. I reported live from your Capitol. DC Patriot. Follow Real Matt Couch. I'll see you guys soon. Uh, he pretty much said it all, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. This has just happened. I mean, to me, it was like, yeah, that that seemed quite right. Of course, I mean, I can't speak for him, but I didn't know what was going on inside the Capitol. And because I had said I'm inside, I thought a rotunda was a veranda. So, right. you know, just <laughs> even... A month and a half ago, I had someone from an outlet called Raw. Um, they they called and they wanted to know about Jason Fuentes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, you're very lucky that you um, made the distinction that you weren't inside because you said you were inside. And I don't know if this guy was, if I was going to get a knock at the door from the FBI mm-hmm. because, but... I made it clear, no, I wasn't inside. I, mm-hmm. I was outside. I was um, outside of the rotunda mm-hmm. and um, do- documenting everything. So 
Jason and I kept in touch. Then he, there was supposedly a, a lawsuit that he was part of, I think, Trump's um, Mexicans for Trump or something, mm -hmm. Latinos for Trump. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then the irony, the weirdness is like months later, um, Brendan O'Connell mentions Jason Fuentes. Brendan O'Connell is in Mexico. And I was like, how the F did Brendan O'Connell get in touch with Jason Fuentes? And uh, yeah, uh, apparently they were working together for, for people who don't know who Brendan is. He's, he's a content creator. Mm -hmm. He used to be on YouTube. Now he's only on Patreon after he threatened, you know, he was wishing death on Alex Jones. Um <laughs> live and then anyways his whole channel just dis disappeared but it it was it's it was all been all been very bizarre and no one's ever asked me my experience or the footage and then the second year rudy used my footage again and i was like i'm gonna sue him but then it turns out that if you don't um copyright your footage uh then it's public domain yeah wow even though there's no credit, there's no permission. So, you know, Rudy, if you want to send me a check for using my content on your show, uh, I'm a patriot that's been banned on many places and I could use a little extra change. Like, really? Yeah. So he used it again a year later. And what was what did he use it in? And which footage? Was it the same footage? It's the same and it was for his show common sense wow like that day the first time i think that night or the day after they removed rudy's video so they took down the mm -hmm. footage <laughs> you can support with the tip and uh thank you for the work so that she can continue to bring us groundbreaking work because this information even though you didn't have access to it. Rudy Giuliani does have a pretty wide reach. So you really helped to bring the story, um, which, you know, was so important because I think even today, there are a lot of people who are still uh, believing the lie that, you know, yeah. this was Trump MAGA people and it was an insurrection. And it's astounding to me that anybody still believes that narrative. Um, yeah. I don't know how people believed it from the beginning, but the fact that at this point in time, with all the evidence that's come forth for you, for you just feel the amount of denial that you have to be swimming in that river uh, to be buying that is pretty unbelievable to me. Yeah, I want to say to that point that I interviewed Dinesh D'Souza regarding police state, and mm -hmm. I asked him because he's the only other person other than in my um, piece for the activist post that bring yeah. attention to the fact that there was a certification of electors and that that yep. process was disrupted, which I think is the whole point. It was the whole purpose for sure. Yeah. And yeah. that they were going to question things. Yep. And when they reconvened, it was at nine o'clock mm -hmm. and they voted Joe Biden in at around three twenty AM or three forty a.m. And by that time, you know, the people that were going to speak up didn't, the amount of people. So that is a very huge point. That's the whole, they tried to foil this democratic process. And yes. to your point, you know, even like, who was it? Was it Ted Cruz that was on Bill Maher? But no one could talk about it. 
they gaslight you so much if you dare to say that the election was rigged, if you dare to talk about the deadly insurrection, um, even though so many of us were there and witnessed it with our own eyes mm-hmm. and saw something much, much different. We know, we know the truth. Right. Well, what was that? Was that Time Magazine that, or New York, or New York Times that was like every day is now Jan six, like, yeah, like every day from now on is January six. That became like a a meme they were trying to create. I don't remember if it was a. I think it was Time Magazine. It might have been the New York Times though. I don't. Um, I don't recall, but I know that when they put the the barbed wire, I'm like, that's never gonna come off. Yeah. Yeah, that is going to be a permanent installment of this new world order uh, that is being uh, ushered in. And, you know, in retrospect, what was Trump's role when he said it's going to be wild? Mm -hmm. Right. What what do you think his role was? It's it's really interesting because when you said like you feel a little bit, uh, I guess, fooled might be the word. Right. I know that, you know, I felt the same way. Like you said, you said to Zach that this is going to be, is, is going to be ground, like historical. This is going to be a historical day. And that was very much how I felt. Um, and uh, my fiance did not feel very much that way. He was a very, uh, you know, he was very, he, he wasn't going to stop me, but he kind of tried to, I, in hindsight, I think he was trying to, you know, encourage me not to <laughs> go. Um and he, he could see it. He could see the whole thing. But I didn't. I very much, I was so bought into the the passion and the, this is historic and we're we're exercising our First Amendment rights. And, and, and not to undermine any of that, because I think that is important. And I, you see the sheer number of people who, who did do that. And I think there is a tremendous amount of power in that, regardless of the outcome, regardless of the fact that this was a setup. It does show, I mean, you see that, that picture with the overhead and how many people were physically there. And then, you know, as you said, there's no way that we're supposed to believe Joe Biden, who, you know, would do rallies and couldn't get more than three people to show up. Uh, you know, whatever the numbers were, they were, they weren't the, the masses that came for January 6th. But yeah, then the flip side of it is I look at the, the role and you said uh, he's an actor, right? And I, yeah. I just, I always bring this up. Yeah, I mean, it's just that that is that's just moving. It's it's hard not to ha- have like it elicits an emotional response just right. seeing the sheer number of people. Um, but I I've had the and I've I've shared this before, and it, it, again, this is just my experience. It doesn't mean anything. I can't you know verify anything based on this. But I remember at the ellipse when he was about to speak. Yeah, and. I remember the microphone didn't go off the first few times. Like he started speaking and, you know, I'm hearing him here. So I'm paying attention to his lips and I was pretty close up. I had actually started off like all the way, like I got all the way up to the very, very front and then they pushed me back. But I was like maybe 10 rows behind, you know, it was still pretty close. You're in the VIP area too? I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing about being small is you can kind of, and having lots of experience in clubs, I, I'm pretty used to. Where, where were you from? Crowds. From where Alex Jones and Owen Schroyer were on the left. I was on the right, but, you know, very close to the aisle. Um, Maybe just a few rows in and pretty far back in that front VIP. 
Um, yeah, so I I was there and uh, I could see his lips moving, and then you didn't hear him speak, and that happened three times. And all I can tell you, again, I can't prove this. You know, I don't want people to take this as face value or like you know any kind of indication of anything. This is just my experience. But as I said, it was very, you can see the clouds. It was dark. It was damp. It was almost raining, even though it wasn't. It was very cold. Uh, yeah. I personally was having a Mother Nature was, uh, you know, <sighs> calling me that day. It was a, not a pleasant experience for me personally. I will just say I was freezing and very uncomfortable. Um, but I do remember this moment where the third time and there was a big pause before he did speak. And all the message I got. Again, mm -hmm. it's just what I felt, but I got, you know, you're not in control, we are. And it was, it, I have chills. Mm -hmm. And I, it, again, like, this is just my experience, but it felt it so strongly. It was like he was trying to, and I, I really do think he was hoping he was going to call all these people and this was going to, at least if nothing else, create optics that, you know, the American people wanted something very different and, um, and the, I, that, that's what I felt. And then the microphone did go on. I, I saw him kind of nod. And it, now that could have been to anything. I can, again, I can't prove that that's what was going on, you know. But that was the message I got. And it, was, it just was so strong. I could feel it, like, even now, repeating it. And so when you say he's an actor, I, I do think people like to make controlled opposition into something that's a very black and white type thing. And I, you, you've heard, I, I've shared this analogy many times of the harness climbing a scaffolding. And, you know, as you go higher up, the strings get tighter. And I do think that's very much how things typically work. And with him, you know, he's even, I, people are like, well, he wasn't motivated by money. He wasn't X, Y, and Z. But do you think if they were to threaten his children that they don't have some lever of power over him? I just, I can't believe that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, mm hmm why would he, why would he be excluded from those threats? Like what? Right. <laughs> I, exactly. Why, exactly. Right. We, we've seen throughout the history, uh, we can point to direct evidence that they have made those types of threats over other people. Why would he, who's supposedly the biggest, you know, threat to their plans, <laughs> why would he be exempt from that? So I look at a lot of the things that he's did and you know, not to say that I, I, I'm not playing like, you know, good guy, bad guy, like he's a villain, he's a hero. I, I, I don't subscribe to that. I think he's human. I think he did a lot of great things. And I do think that he's done a lot that does fight against the new world order. If, if nothing else, just the words. And, you know, people can say, oh, he's just parroting things people want to hear. And that may be true. But even that has done something to move the needle and wake people up. So I am grateful for that. Yeah. However, I also look at some of the other things he's done because he's uh, for a lot of the great things he did, he also did things that were not so great, like being the father of Operation Warp Speed. And he's very proud of it. And he still won't, you know, acknowledge the the devastation that has resulted from it. And he won't he won't apologize for it. He just digs his heels deeper. Uh, but there were smaller things, you know, like a. I, the, the most recent one I learned of was like the tax code, uh, 174, which basically, right. That's devastating for any tech innovation. It basically gives all power. It's going to create, it's going to further empower the already, you know, over bloated tech 
companies, tech corporations that are that really, I think, going to be running the, they want them to run the future. I mean, I, I don't mm. want to set things in stone, but you know, that's what it looks like. And it looks like this is the perfect vehicle to eradicate all of the competition from the independent creators. So, I mean, that's just one example. We could go, the list goes on and on. But so to, that's why I'm like, you can't vilify or glorify, you know, there's, but a lot of times, even through the, the people who, regardless of what side of the political aisle you think you're on, oftentimes they're both marching towards the same yeah. agenda. Yeah. And and, uh, and do the people realize, I mean, there's people like Bill Maher that will has severe TDS. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the fact that even anyone that goes on his show can't even say, yeah, I think the election was rigged and I also think all elections have been like this is not the first election that has been rigged. Sorry? I, I always point to tragedy and hope. Um Carol Quigley, who is an archivist for the yeah. CFR, he wrote that fourteen I think it's fourteen hundred page tome. Uh and most of what he I mean a lot of what he was talking about was the 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 CFR. He was very proud of, you know, he was an archivist for them, but he very proud of them and what they were doing. They were very upset with him kind of like there were secret for a reason and you're exposing us. And he's like, this is so fantastic. Everybody needs to know. But one of the things he says is that they've pretty much selected our, uh, you know, quote unquote elected officials that they're not really elected, that they've been chosen um, for at that point, he was saying a century and that was decades ago. So yeah. So I think the technology has changed, you know, certainly with the machines, I think in the past two decades, it's been, uh, the magnitude has increased, but to think that we haven't had fraud in our elections is, uh, prior to that might be, I would think, argue a little naive. <laughs> and, and, uh, the film that came out kill chain that was criticizing dominion, that was, you know, a democratic, film or left like so this is supposed to be a bipartisan issue and if any of this was real we mm -hmm. would be questioning taking into consideration that we we don't want any fraud so what you know it, it should not be such a heated debate we should be able to say the fact that no one could say now that the election was stolen because then you're you're a, you know crazy um i wanted to yeah, this is Kill Chain. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? I am not. No, it's all about Dominion. It's it's, oh. it's about Dominion, and okay. it came out. What year did it come out? Twenty sixteen. Uh, it says twenty twenty up there. It says twenty twenty oh, there, but okay, so it came out twenty. Sorry, came out yeah. twenty twenty, and this is even more gaslighting because. It's talking about dominion, and mm -hmm. yet then there's no acknowledgement from from Democrats that there's problems with their voting, with the voting right. machines. It is crazy that uh, even now people, and not just on the left, but even people on the right, uh, are afraid to say that there was massive uh, rampant election fraud. I, I think that that's astounding to me. I talk about this often. My... You know, in 2020, I went down like the a lot of like the intellectual dark web and I started listening to podcasts in that time. And I've 
became uh, acquainted with Jordan Peterson, and I was very much a very big fan at the time. And then, of course, he was gone for uh, six months, went to rehab, and then he came back. And he a first podcast. Um, yeah, I, well, we can talk about that too. But yeah. I don't know if it was the first podcast that he did in, when he came back, but it was the first one I'm aware of. And it was with Douglas Murray. And the two of them, now bear in mind, one of them's a Canadian, the other one is Brit. And the two of them just spent the, a large portion of time trashing Trump supporters, saying these delusional, uh, vengeful people just need to get over it. There was no fraud. They need to get on and move on with it. And yeah. And then he even, I, I couldn't listen to all of it at once because I was so upset. I felt personally betrayed, you know. Um, and so I, I'm like, I was such a fan. And I'm like, what? This is the first dribble I have to listen to when he comes back? I was very upset. And uh, so I couldn't listen to the all of it. I cut it off. And then I said, you know what? I should really refrain from judgment before I've even listened to the full uh, discussion. So I listened to the rest of it. And towards the end, he... Um, so Jordan talks about how his wife, uh, Tammy, had said to him, you know, you often talk about the corruption in the judicial system in the United States. Do you think maybe that played a hand in what happened in the 2020 election? And he got very impassioned and, you know, kind of angry. And he said, absolutely not. There's no way. They're just ven vengeful, delusional people and pe they need to move on. Really? Well, yeah. I just heard that Jordan Peterson was telling people to go get jabbed because they're threatening his his freedoms. And I was like, what? Yep. There was that too. Yeah. I think he came to speak <laughs> and uh, he was going to be in my area and I was, I, I looked into going and yeah, th that was the requirement. And I said, okay, well then, yeah, I don't really want to hear him speak. Anybody really? That's yep. because he does stuff with, with Ruben and David Ruben's not into the jib jab. David was, was, was emceeing for Jordan. Maybe this was before, Maybe Corona. I I wrote a story back for for Honey Colony on why carnivory worked for him from a functional medicine point of view. And I uh -huh. at the time it was 2018. I pitched it to Vice. I was still trying to get into the back into the mainstream because I used to write for the mainstream. And mm -hmm. one woman, I don't know if it was for Vice. I think so. Said Jordan Peterson is a is a uh, racist misogynist. And so I answered, uh, I'm a brown woman. What? Like, what? I don't think he's a, you know, now now I think he's a psyop too, but. And well, we can talk about that, but maybe we should play the Jib Jab Denial commercial first. Okay, let's, let's have a little <laughs> break and see. Do you secretly suffer from COVID-19 vaccine remorse? Do you get frequent urges to confess to someone that you think you fucked up big time? Are you beginning to suspect that you were used as a lab rat in a live exercise? It's all right. The truth hurts sometimes. JJD, also known as jib-jab denial, is a serious condition. But there is hope. Introducing Admit You're Wrong, a graphene oxide capsule so small you won't even see it. But don't worry, it knows where to go. It will find that refusal and zap it away. It's time to come clean with the lies, face your shadow, and become a better human being. It's time to admit you were used in a worldwide psyop and played Russian roulette with your life. 
and maybe even your child's life too. Admit you're wrong can help. Admit you're wrong is not for everyone, but don't ask your Rockefeller doctor about it. The most common side effects include feelings of deep remorse and severe insomnia. Other side effects are common sense and critical thinking. Other other side effects include explosive diarrhea and a desire to apologize profusely to all the people you shame. You may also have a desire to question your entire existence. Do not take admit you're wrong if you're okay with being a brainwashed NPC or a pincushion for big pharma. People who have been jabbed and boosted four or more times are unfortunately not good candidates for admit you're wrong. Admit you're wrong can give you a new lease on life. Call today 1-800-FUCK-BIG-PHARMA for more information. <laughs> that is awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. Very proud of our collaboration. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to also play the um, the audio uh, regarding the White House siege and share why I think it's it's relevant. So yeah. in August, for those who might not remember, there was a casting call for jammers and um, people who had been in um, Wall Street. What's the Occupy? Occupy Wall they, Street. They yeah. basically did a whole casting call, and it was to hold up the White House um, on from August leading up to the election. So they were going to do an Occupy movement in front of the White House. Now. Mm -hmm. The main image, they, this came out on Adbusters. Adbusters is a Canadian, their office is in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I, was in, I was in Costa Rica and I called and what I was, they were also pushing for mail-in voting. So I'm like, it's August. How do you know that this virus is still going to be around in November? And why is it okay to get all together in an Occupy fashion and literally not leave for weeks on end outside of the White House, but yet you can't go and vote in person? And then, so we could play, we could play this, this just segment. Um, okay. But like, do, did you remember that this was going on? No, I did not. Um. Yeah, I had no idea that. How would they even know that they were going to do this mail-in voting? I mean, that's, yeah. We're using the CARES money, and then before you before you play it, there's you know a woman. This is like a blood vial. Yeah, this is definitely uh, her legs open in front of the White House. Like, yes. what does that what does that say? And look, it says jammer citizens activists. So yep. I believe. Because in the end, what happened, Courtney, is that they canceled the event because of rain. One day of rain. And they it's not like they pushed it, okay, instead of Thursday, we'll, we'll get there Friday. No. So I believe that they were doing a casting call for the people that the, turned up on, on January 6th. Wow. That sounds right. I mean... I could totally see that. That's interesting. I hope that we can hear it. I hope the audience yeah. is okay. When there's dead people that's received ballots and cats that have received ballots and, and even the left has spoken about the fraud in past elections regarding mail-in. So he's okay with absentee voting. Um, so, so I think that uh, there's a number of, uh, I think half a dozen states in, in, in America that have already had the uh, full-blown uh, 
do you think that this uh, the lockdown measures are justifiable the way that everybody's forced i mean i'm a functional medicine consultant so i initially thought that the masks work but i looked at the micron size of the virus compared to the cloth mask yeah i'm lost in the details because that's where the devil is america america has had the worst performance of any country in the world at a time when china has almost completely fixed its problem at a time when many other countries are are welling in 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 How am I lost in the details? You know, America, America is still losing a thousand people a day, and, and it, it, it is. Um, There's a lot of false positives. The PCR test is not a diagnostic tool. Yeah, that's where the devil is. The why, details. Why is America? Why is America giving up the worst performance of any country in the world? Because why the numbers are false. The numbers are not accurate. You're saying the details don't matter. That's do where. Any, do you have any better numbers? Yeah, that this is no less fatal than the flu, and there's a lot of fear being circulated. And do you know that the PCR test is not a diagnostic tool? Do you know that? The inventor. The details matter. The details matter, and no one pays attention to them. Do you really believe George Floyd was murdered? Yeah, I'm gonna pardon me. Yeah, I got that. Well, and this event never happened, but if you see tactical briefing, if you see it's a call to action, and it's right. a recruit, they are recruiting people. All right, all you activists. Yeah. It's been nine years. We set off the potential political earthquake of Occupy Wall Street. Anyway, so people people can... He got pissed off. This guy's in Canada. Why was he organizing the... the yeah, what does he have to do with American elections? Exactly. That was my point about Jordan Peterson and uh, Douglas Murray, too. I mean, they're British and uh, Canadian. Like, why are they, they weighing in on our election? Like... I mean, the very, very big platform to do so. So it seems like it's curious to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why this is. also, yeah, in this, we will not let Donald Trump steal the election. So they were going to occupy from September 17th to the election. That whole time, while there's an effing crazy virus that's killing people, they're going to commingle on the lawn. For and they claimed that you're going to need mail-in ballots, at he, which he claimed exactly. at that time. But it was fine for them to congregate on the lawn yeah. for and then, months on end. Yeah, and then you're getting caught in the detail. No, you're full of shit, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah that was another thing. Do you remember the, what happened with the post office? Yes, that, that was the, that was terrible. They went. I don't know why there was no accountability for that. That was, I mean, that's criminal federal criminal offense. Yeah, so there you go. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. They're going to be there in the hundreds of thousands. And this ended up not happening. But then uh-huh. January 6th occurred. So where are all these people who are like, I want to be a jammer. I want to come and show up for Occupy. What happened to them? I think that they turned Screw up on your courage, January's. stuffed your backpack with tools of nonviolent revolution. Right. 
Wow. And the fact that nobody even, other than me, I don't know that anyone else brought um, brought attention to this White House siege. I must yeah. just I, I I didn't I not heard of it so no so I don't yeah. know of anybody yeah that's yeah I could I laugh at the possibility when in, when, sorry sorry when I was in the jungle I was calling a whole bunch of people and recording them because I I could the laws you know no one could get back to me yeah there's the what's that that's another event no. Tactical briefing. So they had all these different tactical briefings. That's number four. Wow. Like you would think that if you're taking a big ad up in your paper that you go through all those lengths and then, oh, a little drizzle. Let's cancel it all. Huh? What? Yeah. Very strange. Well, especially if you're recruiting jammers, they're kind of used to doing festivals in the rain. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean... I don't know of many uh, festivals that have been canceled for a little uh, precipitation. I mean, maybe a major storm, but not like a little drizzle. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. in hindsight of all of this, what what are your thoughts looking back at it? And what are your thoughts on what the implications are for, I mean, we are coming up upon the next election. So. Right. Um I remember, I think it was at the last reawakened tour that they had some of the January 6th people, some mm -hmm. couple in specific that had been um, in isolation. And I, I think it's, it's very difficult. Then you have people like the lectern guy. I, I think I've shared with this with you that's like hey i have an opportunity to go on tim pool can i take a little break from prison oh, sure. <laughs> you know like it's not real folks it's not real. yeah so how yeah. does the lectern guy or or you know we have other people that have become become icons mm -hmm. and that are uh, supported whether it's because they got all this attention and became iconic figures like Q Shaman or Jake, who doesn't, who says the media put the Q there, but why are there then other people that are rotting in jail and what do we do? Like if I had gone into the building, would I be in mm -hmm. jail right now? Right. I, I was very um, confident that the FBI wouldn't come to my door because I would be asking them questions <laughs> and, I, I, but you know, maybe that's brazen of me. Right. So, I mean, given the election, another election won, I would say he didn't lose then. So, what do they think is going to happen now? Like, right. who, what is going to happen? Are we going to even have an election or will something? A lot of people are saying we're not. I, I've heard that from so many people who I wouldn't expect to take that angle, but I've heard it from so many people. So, which... that there'll be some civil civil rights event that will will preclude uh the ability to have an election that's <laughs> funny um i don't know i mean it's i it, it's one of those things though where does it become a self-fulfilling prophecy because so many people are saying that uh that enough people may believe it and then whatever psyop they try to foist upon us might be more there might be more acquiescence as a result of that seed being planted of not having an election. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I, it's, 
it's crazy to think about. It's not that far away. So whatever were to happen to preclude an election from occurring would have to be pretty major, I think you might, I think. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. You know, we can argue or there is the argument of when Trump announced the, the state of emergency on March, Friday the 13th, yeah. that when that happened, according to the laws regarding FEMA, that FEMA is in control and that from that day, we no longer had a president. And certainly Joey B., you know, with all, remember in the beginning with the people were spying on Castle Rock and showing the White House and saying mm-hmm. that people aren't, people aren't there. It's all, a, or people are vacuuming at night, that it's all a set, that yep. it's all, um, so. I remember that. I remember that very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To that. Um, but that maybe people are realizing, I mean, I I just think we're living in uh, Truman Show. Truman Show. Yeah, this is what Dr. Lee always says, too. She does? Yeah, all the time. The Truman Show. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, Truman Show or Hunger Games. Yeah. I I I usually use Hunger Games a little bit more. I think uh, Truman Show is a little bit more optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, Hunger Games, I think, has the, you know, I always call them the parasite class. And Hunger Games has a little more of that element to it because I do think that's really what it is. They feed off of us, you know, and by us, I mean, you know, the masses and uh, the people who they are trying to control. So but they feed off of us in so many ways, you know, they feed off of us in terms of energetically, of course, they feed off of us uh, literally. I mean, we are the workhorses that produce, it's the productivity of our labor, whether it be our creativity, innovation, or physical manual labor that results in any product for them to then use and, of course, uh, create false sense of scarcity using that. I mean, we're, yeah, they, they feed off of us in more ways than Absolutely. I can list Absolutely. off. The energy, even spending time to, to suss something yes. else so when i say truman show i just feel like it's all episodic it's just yeah. another another show another distraction yeah no no justice no real meat and you know i spent a lot of energy a lot of people spent a lot of energy thinking there was a democratic process i mean maybe arguably i'm late to figuring this out and it's just become brazen now that they don't even care uh, to to hide, you know, just things are so over the top and not so. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I mean, the gaslighting, they did, that That was a Times Magazine article where they were basically bragging about how they stole the election and how. Right. Uh, yeah, they, and laughing in our faces. So, yeah. And I don't mean to, I think the Truman Show is right. I, I just, you know, the it's a slightly yeah. more benevolent because it's, you, you can see that we're trapped in something that we're not really trapped in. You know, the end is like, you can leave anytime. And the Hunger Games, I guess it's the same would apply. It's just that they, they literally subsist off of that reality show, right? They're feeding off of the creation of this show that's running. Yeah. So that, that's part of why I, yeah. Like, for instance, Courtney, like, what the hell was uh, Kevin Spacey playing, playing with, tr- with Tucker? Right. What the fuck was okay. that? Okay. 
So many people seem to buy into that. They're like, oh, it's, you know, they're laughing and they're chuckling and, and they're no. so wise and they're, they're showing us it's a mirror. I'm like, this is a total psyop. No, it's why the blurred between what is real and what is fake. And you have at one point, yes, he's acting like, I don't remember the, the character in that Frank Underwood in the House of Cards. Like Underwood, but then he's talking about Spence, uh, Spacey. So he's, I know. He, you know which he's part learned. where he's like he's saying that tried to put me six feet under. Yes. Like, why is why is Tucker doing this? Well, I so think poor so. taste, in my opinion, a very poor taste. But I, I do think that he he's playing a role, whether whether maybe more ways than one. We could potentially speculate. Uh, but I think that what they're foreshadowing this is the predictive programming because this is something I talk about a lot that I think that what's happening with AI is is really a cybernetic effect and a lot of people are very focused on all of the uh direct tangible you know like you've all know Harari talking about surveillance goes under the skin and they're I'm not undermining the fact that you know they want to put chips in as many people as possible there are many people you know certainly in Scandinavia have already signed up for Neuralink and you know there are a lot of people who are going to jump for you know the Starnet and the, the Skylink whatever you know all of these different uh interfaces that help advance the internet of things to the internet of bodies to the internet of nano Thing, you know that that that's going to go on and on. I I, I don't want to undermine that. They are building an AI world society with smart cities and you know grids and that that all of that is real. But I think what people are not looking at when they're paying so much attention to that is the cybernetic effect of us spending so much time in a virtual mm-hmm. realm that mm-hmm. actually changes our neurobiology. It actually changes our worldview. It cha- it blurs the line between what is real, what is not real. And the analogy I often use to, you know, bring this home, for, to drive this home for people, uh, you know, and I, you know, I apologize, it might not resonate as deeply for the men, but I think it, it still will. Um, but I think the women will definitely get it. But, you know, like growing up, we had magazines with lots of airbrushed models and you would see that in, you know, television and then, of course, in film. And but you go out into the real world and you had enough interaction in the real world to know even and like for me I grew up right outside New York City I lived in LA I would even see some of those people that have been airbrushed in real life (laughs) and know like okay this is not this isn't reality even those people I'm not saying they're not beautiful but they don't look like that every day you know and so you had something to measure against so you still had an anchor for reality but what happens when now we we have reality television shows and then now we're at, on our screens constantly and it's personal screens. So it's not even just going to a theater and having a shared experience of a false reality, you know, an imagine, imaginative, immersive experience. You're now constantly being bombarded. And I think people are literally blurring the lines between what is it's like a it's like constant deja vu. You know, was that a dream? Did I, did it really happen? They and, want that. They do. And that's what I'm saying. I think that's what I think that's what that was foreshadowing. And that's what some of that predictive programming was about. Because what Um, is real? He's talking about like he's going to be running for the elections, but he's talking about a character. And then you're like, oh, yeah, let's invite this guy that's been uh, charged with sexual assault because he was found he was found not guilty. So that means like, dude, I know people that 
that Kevin made passes on guys that were on on uh, Hollywood sets. Like that is not a it's not a rumor that he would prey upon young boys. It, it's not a rumor. I, I mean, those specific allegations, I don't know. Um, but to to make it like, oh, I'm I'm innocent. Let's. It was very bizarre, and I think for Tucker, like. Uh, I was listening to Peter Duke and George Webb talk about it to, today, or maybe it was the show yesterday, saying, like, did did Tucker get a whole bunch of money to agree to do this? What would be his, what, what's, well, what would we do it for him? Well, it's, it's Tucker is now, so I've talked a lot, I, I know you probably, I, I think you agree with me on this, but about Elon, and there's, like, that whole thing with the bringing Alex Jones back onto Twitter, was a lot of it was I call it Operation Worship Elon, and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, let's suck Elon's cock again. Yeah, so I think because <laughs> I think because he is building the fourth industrial revolution, he is the you know the ultimate pinnacle of the technocrats, and he said himself he wants to build a WeChat but better. In order for him to do that, what does he need? One is kind of pretty obvious. He needs all the data mining. He needs all the, yeah, the Baphomet and his mother, which is, I don't know, it's a little creepy to me. Is he, um, but Courtney, is he even doing all the things that they say that he's doing? Or is he just the figurehead? And that was the Greg Reese report video. The yeah, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. He, I thought he did a great job. A lot of people have pushed back on it saying, Greg is usually great. And on this one, he's so wrong. And I'm like, Maybe he just said things you didn't want to hear. I don't know. Um, but I kind of, I thought he did a really good job of that. And I, I kind of tend to agree. But so he's he's the ultimate technocrat. And the other thing he needs, so he needs all this data mining, of course. And then the other thing he needs is people to trust him. And particularly the quote unquote dissidents. They're not really dissidents uh, in most cases, obviously, because uh, they're being kind of pushed into you know they're they're being siloed to buy into certain narratives so i that's why i use that word in parentheses but i i think that that is very much at play when you look at someone like tucker because now elon is tucker's boss right yeah so and now that makes him part of the part of the plan essentially i'm not saying that that means that tucker has no mind of his own or that he everything he says is a psyop that's not what i'm saying but i think you can't ignore the fact that he's now under i mean elon is essentially his boss and what are elon's goals so yeah and even in the in the um interview underwood or spacey playing underwood says i just want to be on x mm-hmm even it's right he even said, "I wanted to see how, you know, sees sees this opportunity. The reason why, in regards to Reese's segment on Musk, mm, that I saw, I came across a documentary or some some video that showed that these um, experiments with Pong with the monkey that mm -hmm. actually happened years ago, and I don't doubt that their experiment they would killed many monkeys to." play with this with this chip but it just made me wonder is he just is he really that intelligent or he's just playing this this character um right. in regards to what you were showing earlier the bci just to tell the audience because yeah. it's not it's not um realistic 
to scale up their production by hiring hundreds of neuroscientists to you know, put these, these uh, chips that what he's doing is the, there will be these BCI, these robots putting robot parts inside of the people. Um, right. So, and also the fact that all these monkeys have died and Elon and Neuralink have said, we've kind of reached the end of the line because the monkeys can't talk back. And so they need fresh meat and how many, in Operation Worship Elon, how many fanboys are there that are like, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be yep. for your brain chip. Yep. I, I think that's a very, very real consideration. <laughs> I, I think that's definitely part of what's going on. Yeah. And so Tucker mm -hmm. is exclusively on X? I don't know if he's exclusively on X. No, I'd have to... Tucker, sorry, he has a Tucker Carlson... Uh, network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. But I don't know if that has an affiliation with X or not. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know the contracts. I have I haven't looked into that yet. <laughs> but you are like Tucker would like your movie on George Floyd. Yeah. Except uh, we're not uh, promoting my movie because now we have the fall of Minneapolis that is the accepted movie on the right because my truth doesn't fit the left right narrative. Sorry, I'm slipping in George Floyd. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think that that's such an important point. And it's a, it's so relevant also for J6 and the upcoming, uh, you know, next year, because this uh, left right paradigm that they have, I, I think that they really tried to build this MAGA, like so many people who were not on the right were popular right the populist movement so they got them to to be republicans vote republican support republican uh, right. because that was the better alternative and really what does it do it just creates it, it creates a further progression of the dialectic and so really both of them are kind of advancing towards the same place but now you have more resistance and more polarity and more tension on both sides and I, I think that whenever something is stepping outside of, you know, any managed dialectic, yeah. uh, they do everything possible to kind of censor. Right. They want you to believe that you only have two options. Even go as far as to make a movie in response to my movie, because if you watch the first 10 minutes, it's like, huh, I'm watching my movie. Um, but I don't fit in the left, right, because... And I didn't know what I was going to find with George Floyd, but in light of this uh, stabber that nobody knows anything about, we still don't look, it's been a month. We still don't know the extent of Derek Chauvin's um, Derek Chauvin's injuries. And the fact that from the get go, they positioned it like Keith Ellison is the one who told the world, including the parents of Derek that uh, their son got shanked. Oh, Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison, who was instrumental in prosecuting George Floyd, Keith Ellison, who sat on the body-worn footage for months before releasing it, he's the one that gets this information. And so in light, you know, it's it's ironic, in light of this chapter with Derek Chauvin, it's made mm -hmm. me believe more than that this was all uh, fake and phony, right? Like before I was 
with my with Sean Hibbler, my editor, he was more on the spectrum of like, this is all an operation. And mm-hmm. I was still like, well, I have to be able to prove things. Right. Um, I have to bring the receipts and I'm not able. But because of in the fall of Minneapolis, they have a conversation with Alexander Kang and Derek Chauvin to the two two of the four officers and they seem they come across to me as so disconnected disassociated that they're speaking about their own selves while they're in jail it didn't seem real and so in light of the way they um, dealt with this information and that it's been a month and we still don't know and the fact that they said even the parents don't know uh, the, mm. the injuries they put the kibosh on anyone figuring out that the arraignment is uh, next week, I think mm-hmm. the case is sealed and there's no way, like when the mainstream has come out with information, it's like, well, where are they getting it from? Right. I established that the hospital that was named was a lie and I couldn't establish the hospital. I couldn't get a comment and I'm going straight to the source. So how, are these other journalists able to come up with these tales? And I yeah. tracked down the informant's uh, old lawyer when okay. he was first inducted into the Mexican mafia, into the MA organization. And I've spoken to him uh, two or three times. The second time I spoke to him, he said, well, since you called me, I had an NBC journalist reach out to me. And she expressed surprise that she was getting stonewalled. It's like, really, honey, you, you're surprised. So even this NBC reporter, there's can't get any any real information on wow. the extent of the injuries. So I've been writing about it in my Substack uh, because mm-hmm. I got access to a, a hundred page old his old court documents of this guy, mm-hmm. and in his agreement, Courtney, it says with the FBI agreement, I will. This agreement shall continue for as long as deemed necessary. So the idea, you know, they came out and they said that John Tursak committed this act as a mm-hmm. gesture for Black Lives Matter. Meanwhile, he's shanked Black people. He's murdered a Black person. And the, the, the mafia, the Mexican mafia, they usually, you know, they stay with their own race. So saying... Mm-hmm. The FBI saying that this was a gesture is actually BS, shows to me that it's BS. Yeah, that's my sub stack that I would yeah. invite people to please. This is like the last. I love one. that when the truth doesn't quite fit the left right dialectic. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that, but yep. And that's exactly that is a that is a article about John Tursak yeah. and mm-hmm. also the fact of like, are you going to say, like, I'm not, this is not about my ego of why are you not mentioning my movie, The Real Timeline? It's like, right. what are you going to say? I'm some chick off the street? Uh, I had a number one movie in this entire country on Netflix. My, my movie has won many awards, so I'm not some chick off the street. I'm an actual mm-hmm. filmmaker. So why, the more movies there are in a topic, the better, more yeah. truth. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. Liz Collin has not responded to my requests to interview her when her book came out. And I know that they saw my movie because I know the person who showed them my movie. So you have to wonder what is the real impetus in making this film? Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good, a, a good point just for people to understand that. Yeah. The more 
uh, light that is shown on a topic because you're going to get nuanced, different perspectives and different angles. And a movie is only so long, so you can't put everything in there. So you might get different pieces from different uh, films. But then the the question becomes, so why would you exclude one from? Yeah, um, especially when you hear Liz Collin, I wanted to get all the footage and put it together for the people to see. Wow. That's like literally my words, honey. I'm the one who got the footage and put it in chronological order a year before your movie. So it's like at one end, it's like, I, you know, by all means, more truth. I don't have access to the police force. I wasn't married to the to the lieutenant. Right. Uh, right. So I don't have that access or those resources. Sure. But to exclude the film or not acknowledge it. It's, and then I see the Epoch Times. Oh, Jan, you knew about my movie. So why are you guys supporting this movie? Right. Like, how, how can I not take a little bit of offense, right? Well, no, I, I understand that. When you say that uh, the truth didn't fit the left-right uh, dialectic, what is it that you think you brought to the table that was outside of the, the dialectic? That it's all an operation. Um, when I talk about the operation, the cover-up in Cup Foods, and the fact that Mr. Adam was likely a, a cop, uh, an informant, and that doesn't fit the di- dialectic. I mean, right. that's one main main thing. Sure. But, but what happened with this movie, The Fall of Minneapolis, is that now you have millions of people who have seen it, as they say, and you have the swinging of the pendulum where you are now showing sympathy for Derek. Mm-hmm. And there's some... Um, like making amends or justification of right. the right. However, yeah, when I say I'm not fit, fitting the right-left dialectic, like it's only because of this last chapter that I now think, like, is Derek even real? Is he, is he real? When the only people who've been able to interview him, like in the movie, I don't know if you saw The Fall of Minneapolis, they have a scene where they have the, a cell phone Mm-hmm. And the cell phone says Derek Chauvin. Okay, well, obviously that's fake because you're not speaking to Derek on his cell phone from jail, right? Right, it's not, right. It's not going to come up as Derek. Okay, so that's a little movie magic BS. Uh, but then when you listen to the calls, it's like, are you talking about your own self? Like you're in jail now because of this injustice. Like Alexander Kang, who's the black officer, seems very removed. What they did show also was the abandonment of the police force. So these cops that were just left to their own devices in Precinct 3, that even going when they abandoned the precinct, they were given no choice because Tim Walls and um, and Jacob Fry, the mayor, Justin Trudeau knockoff, mm-hmm. and Keith Ellison. The, the movie doesn't ask why did they give this th- these uh, dismissive? Why did they abandon the police? And force? if you don't have the why or the how, you have no context. <laughs> so right. So yeah. so if this is a a bigger operation right. and it involves you know more than one informant, if you have George Floyd, that's a possible informant. Maurice mm-hmm. was an informant. Um, was was Derek? Uh, playing a role? I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. the point is that that level of fakeness and phoniness, they don't yeah. want that to occur, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
they don't want that to be revealed or questioned. Right. And if you show even the way in which they were negligent uh, with George once they put him in the ambulance, the paramedics, if you see that in itself, that also doesn't seem real. When you have Chris Martin telling me, the boy who took the 20, said everything, George was dead. Everything that happened afterwards was for show. Um he said that the boy that took the 20, but because he is a real victim of racism, like people have blind spots. Right. So when I, when he was going to court and I, when I interviewed him, I said, um, so were you wearing a, a face mask at the, at the court every day? Like how's, how's the vibe there? And he offered to me without knowing my work or, Oh, I'm not getting the vaccine. I said, oh, why? He goes, that's a little too new world order for me. Is what oh, wow. Saying. So he's able to conceive that as a new world order. But would he be able to conceive, would any of us be able to conceive that it's all fake and phony and mm -hmm. created? That's even too much for me, right? As a journalist, well, what can I prove? Isn't sure. Yeah. And I just want to clarify for the audience, like when you say, uh, is it real? That doesn't mean yeah. that something okay. didn't happen, right? That it's a psyop, that it was contrived or. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When, when, when push comes to shove, are these people going to come out and give you the details? I'm not at all saying that it's, uh, that George didn't die. In fact, most people tell me, oh, come on, he's still alive. I'm like, ah, I think he's pretty dead. I'm looking at the autopsy pictures that I obtained. Um, yeah. So yes, thanks for making that distinction. I'm not saying it's, it's all fake. It's just that wouldn't happen to you or me. Right. It's the best thing I, I can say. Like if you're being arrested and you're on the ground, you're like, hey, I need some water. You know, as I joke, I was like, would you like to order some food? Would you like a menu, George? Like that you wouldn't be able to to say, hey, can I have some water? No, you're being arrested. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to contemplate. It just feels like there's one psyop after the next and it's so hard to weave through. And people, I think, I think one of the things that we're going to see really ramp up uh, particularly in the next year, I mean, I think just, you know, in the upcoming time, just for the future, is yeah. that people are going to cling harder to whatever they think to be true mm -hmm. um, because there's just, because it's coming to light how much is being manipulated, how many lies are being told, and just the psychological warfare that is so rampant. So I think they're going to, it's going to make it easier, ironically, for them to weaponize uh against us and to increase the psychological warfare because people are going to become even more entrenched in certain narratives, in certain worldviews, um, because they don't know. I mean, we can't, we just as human beings have to anchor to something. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really hard for us to swim in just a constant abyss of unknown. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but the irony of that is that I think that people are going to cling harder and that's going to make it easier for them to weaponize us against each other. Yeah, well said. I, I think also to, you know, in light of, let's say, this Tucker, like what mm -hmm. is what is real, what is yeah. not real, it's right. very it's very blurry. And so a lot of people are giving you 80% truth. They're not giving you 80% yep. lies, but then right. there's omissions. So 
and there's context, right? And there's this, yes, yeah. The, 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 go oh, I was just going to say, yeah. Whenever I talk to uh, guys who've done psychological warfare, uh, military operations, they often say that it's a eighty to ninety percent truth. 10 to 20% lie, but that that lie is oftentimes not even a lie. It is omission, it's context, it's distortion. Um, yeah. That's the name of the game. And if you're a journalist that is caring about details, um, then, you know, you're looking, it's very difficult for the, for the average person who's just tuning into a story that hasn't been tracking the story from the beginning. Right. Oh, yeah. And maybe they don't even care about the omissions or the fact that it's not a hundred percent truth. Mm -hmm. I just, I happen to care. So like, again, to, to go to your question of what was left out, let's say of the fall of Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, why are the, aren't they talking about the fact that Maurice was a, was a informant? Why aren't they talking about the fact that there was a cover up? Because that's not right. what their part is to, what's the word? Um, restore the right. Like mm -hmm. restore, so there's a pendulum swinging. Exactly. And when and when Derek, you know, the the lawyer told me that there might be habeas corpus because it's it's on, it's a fact now. We knew this when Chief Arredondo said that that maximum restraint technique is is not legit. Like we knew people who were covering the trial that they literally removed the picture of. Uh, someone with their knee on the person's backside, they literally removed it from the police manual, but it was there. So right. if they're designing this because yeah. it's a multi-layered PSYOP, then they know, okay, it's going to swing back right near the elections. We're going to have this restoration of supposed justice. These guys are going to get out of jail. It's going to stir shit up again. Um, I mean, does, do people still think that this is a racist act? So apparently so. so uh, yeah. People, yeah. Wow. People do. Yeah, there are people who are still very much seeped so, in that narrative. And it's all about the push-pull left-right, left-right. Oh, next thing you know, another four years has passed by. And here we are on the dawn of, like, what, year four of the Rona regime towards 2030? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty scary um but i do think uh on the light side <laughs> that there is hope that people are are waking up to it and i think people are uh there are more and more people who are not falling for the trap so and, and there are more people asking questions courtney what's the solution if the left and the right if it's who do we vote for and how do we right. get democracy right those are bigger questions they're waking up well, what what's the answer right I don't know. I mean, for me, I I have very little hope in the federal apparatus, the federal. I'm not advocating that people don't vote just because I think optics actually do right. matter. Um, yeah. And, you know, opting out of the system just because, uh, you know, like if you sit as a bystander and turn the other way when a crime is occurring, that's not going to stop the crime. You know, uh, just because you know that you can't necessarily get justice for that crime doesn't mean that you should just ignore that it's occurring. So. I, and that's, I, I do see this as a crime. So I, I think people should actively engage and do that, but I don't necessarily have a whole lot of hope that that will make the difference. Um, I just think it'll mitigate against some of the, you know, more egregious harm being done. But I, where I see hope really is locally. 
I think mm-hmm. that people need to really engage, uh, not just politically locally, but, you know, uh, in their their families, you know, personally, okay. I, I, it's going to, Jordan Peterson's been a theme. So we'll just say, make your own bed, you know, like, you know, right. start, start really, really small. I actually think that we'll have, there's a, you know, a Flynn and Boone Cutler's book, uh, their fifth generation, uh, the guy did fifth generation warfare. Um, they keep saying like local and I don't, they didn't come up with it, but you know, the, the idea of local uh, action leads to federal impact. And I very much think that that's true. So I think as locally as people can get, get active in their communities, you know, whatever that means for some people who may be going to school board meetings for some people that may be, you know, homeschooling their own kids or starting a farm and, you know, building some sustainability for themselves or, um, or for some people who may be running for local office. And I, I think that that really is the hope. And I think restoring the 10th Amendment, which has been trampled on uh, so egregiously, I'm not saying that the states aren't corrupt and, you know, the states have been incorporated as well uh, to a large degree. So I'm not saying that, you know, I, I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna, no, but right. I think the more locally that we can take some power, the more personal sovereignty that we can, uh, you know, preserve, I, I think the better hope there is against the enslavement of humanity. And that's, that's really, that's my hope. That's my mission is to have any small part in that possible, you know, is to empower people to take personal sovereignty so that we're not all enslaved. But. Absolutely. I think like what I've learned is um, the way in which I express myself, like maybe I've been too brazen or too blunt um, in looking at, you know, the punishments of that have happened for my big mouth that, you know, how you show up or how you, you know, to try to bridge the gap or try to create real communication instead of being, you know, in flaring um, that that's, and I don't think the answer is being apolitical and no. being completely checked out right. and not wanting to preserve our democracy or a sense of our, our, our constitution, which is very much, under threat you know i think i've shared with you people have said well didn't you know better to speak out what like what, in yeah. 2019? like hello there was something called freedom of speech first and- amendment is the first for a reason and i will just say i i don't i i never like saying uh, defend our democracy i think it's like a marxist buzzword oh, for defend our revolution mm-hmm. um you know we're the united states is a constitutional republic and uh, that, that the saying goes, it's a republic if you can keep it. So I think absolutely we do need to stay engaged and we do need to advocate for freedom of speech, exercise our rights to freedom of speech, you know, just like going to the gym, you use it or lose it. Um, but I, I think that there is, when, when you talk about being incendiary, um, you know, I, I love your passion. So I, I'm not telling you to temper things in any regard, but I do think you know, when you ask me what is the what is the hope or what are the solution, I think one of the things because you pointed out the dialectic is for us not to play reactionary, mm-hmm. and I think that particularly on the I, I hesitate to use the term yeah. because uh, you know the left right illusion and the false paradigm that they yeah. created for us, but the people who identify with being on the right or being you know freedom loving right. or truth yeah. seekers. For them particularly, because I think they're being psyoped super hard right now. And I think that they're being targeted to play reactionaries. And that's exactly what they're, 
you know, I think the parasite class is hoping they're, they're banking on them to play reactionaries. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're really hoping they'll play violent reactionaries, honestly. So yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think, you know, it's, a, it's also about self mastery and how you mm-hmm. want to show up and how you want to evolve. So for me personally, I choose to be less reactionary. Am I at that stage? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't mastered that despite my age and, and practice. It's just looking back, maybe I would right. have lost lost less. I just wanted to also bring up, you know, this act of giving Alex Jones his, um, giving him his handle back. <laughs> sure. It's such a bunch of bullshit when you have <laughs> so many people like, and even listening to the space and it's like, wow, you're kissing such Elon ass right yep. here. Operation Worship Elon. It's well underway. But even saying, should should Alex Jones be brought back? Like even having to vote, Corey Diggs had mentioned, is is falling into a trap. Why do you get to have, he gets to have his handle back and all the people who are still not on Twitter and positioning Twitter as like a beacon of freedom of speech, it it. it it depends, I guess, who you are, right? If you're stuck in a in an echo chamber or not. Like, I don't know what your experience lately is on Twitter or since Elon came into power. I'm still shadow banned. Oh, I'm very, I'm definitely shadow banned. I mean, it took me eleven appeals to to Lord Elon. Appeals for me. Yeah. How many? Ten. Ten three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody else who is a yeah, rivaling mine. Yeah. Yes. 11. 11. Literally 11 appeals. 11 is, you know, a very sacred number for them. So uh, <laughs> 11 appeals and I, I got my handle back and I'm very grateful to be on there. You know, this is, again, not to fall into these traps because it's not like I still think, while I think it's laughable to hold it as a beacon of like, you know, this is the purveyor of free speech when there's so many people who are not let back on. There's so many people who are, you know, it's free. As he said, it was a freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. Um, but Idea. I, and of course, so many people who are, you know, have been banned since uh, Elon's on there. So many people who are, whether it be shadow banned or they're censored in some regard. Um, so I, 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 I laugh at that when people worship him thinking, you know, he's preserving free speech. However, I will say that use it if you can, you know, it's a tool. And if you're able to get the word out, if you're able to shine light, then, you know, we use whatever tools we can. So I'm grateful to be on there. I'm grateful to have the discourse. Uh, I'm sure I'm in an echo chamber. I, you know, I get the same people kind of, uh, you know, on in my feed constantly, even people I don't follow, it's the same people. Uh, so I'm sure there's some algorithm trying that's feeding me, but I'm still grateful to be on there and to have some sort of a, sure. a public forum to be able to have discourse, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll take, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. If some, it's like, Oh, Miriam, you're not allowed to have subscriptions. You're not allowed to monetize. So why, you know, right. why when I get, a subscri- subscription, you know, they, they chose to put me as a media personality as well. I didn't choose that. I'm a really? journalist. Yeah. They put media personality. How um, interesting. It isn't, it is interesting. And it's like, why I still don't know why are, am I not allowed to get subscriptions? Why am I unable to be monetized? Oh, you've requested for it. 
Oh, yeah. I did have it for a hot second. I had a subscription. Our, our and same then, birthday. I just noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. The birthday. Um, but then they removed it. So when someone's like, I made, I got a check for $4,000. Ah, well, I didn't, I'm not even allowed to fucking get a check. Excuse me. I said the F word. Like why? So why is some people, it's not, it's not, um, it's not fair. It's no, it's definitely not like, I love Twitter. Twitter is great. The new 2.0 Twitter is great. No, it's just great for you. It's, It's not, you know, so you are. You are allowed to be in the club, um, right? And, and, and I, I think there is very much, yeah, the the club aspect, and uh, I, I think that's being exacerbated. All of these different like groups, and because it's easier to control and manipulate people in groups, so I think that that's definitely being uh, increased for sure. Well, speaking of monetization, why don't we show? I do have. A, uh, it's a uh, Courtney 15 to get your discount at your oh, store, yeah. honey colony. Um, yeah. so Courtney, I spell my name very dif- strange just to make things difficult for people, uh, who are listening and not seeing it. It's spelled like Courtney, C O U R T E N A Y. And if you put C O U R T E N A Y one five, you'll get your 15% discount. And she has so many incredible products here that she's been personally involved in creating which is amazing yeah so honey colony is my business of almost 15 years that i created after directing vanishing of the bees and it was to empower people to be their own best health advocate i've reversed lupus and i've reversed fibromyalgia and i'm also an accredited functional medicine coach and consultant through the institute of functional medicine and so honey colony you know, I say our silver is so good. The government came after us. No, it's not colloidal. It's chelated 4,000 ppm. And some of the products you've tried. I have. I tried the silver when I was dealing with that awful Shalazian and definitely was super soothing. Um, and I've tried the, uh, what else have I tried? I've tried the moisturizer, the deodorant. Yeah. The deodorant. Um, and we have methylene blue, which I realize is not on the front page have to check that um okay. yeah because i'm i've been fixing you know been putting some love into it after had a bad actor come in and embezzle forty thousand dollars from my company you know no biggie no biggie uh, no biggie just in the attack well, it- yeah that's that's good to know that there's blanks there yeah, that there's what blanks yeah immune system boost um yeah. make a note of that but yes you can Methylene blue is um, getting hot right now. And then also we have our moisturizer, we have our silver, we have molecular hydrogen, and we're giving free bottle away right now. I think it's free shipping. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thank you. And then, You're welcome. Yeah, awesome stuff. So and I think we have a, one other sponsor, also the uh, rncstore.com. And uh, that you can get a discount of 10% if you use the code QUARTZ, T-O-U-R-T-Z. Yeah, there it is. Uh, And this is uh, so you can get your B17 products. The apricot seeds are awesome. Uh, They're a little bitter. I personally love them, but I tend to like bitter things. They have these bars that are incredible. 
uh, but they have a very hard time keeping those in stock. But you can take the pills if you don't want to eat the seeds. And it is a great uh, line of defense to build your immunity. And uh, I will not make any claims, but you can do your own research. You can read uh, The World Without Cancer by G. Edward Griffin, where they talk about all the great benefits of laetrils. And it was actually how he got red-pilled. So it's a really interesting deep dive there. And I, I interviewed him on that. So, yeah. I think they're very bitter, but yes. Um, <laughs> I like them. <laughs> That's awesome. But they do, you know, if you dip them in chocolate, it's a little bit mm. more bearable. Um, they should actually have a apricot chocolate with a good chocolate, of course. I'll, I will pass on the word. Maybe yeah. they will. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good, uh, a good idea. I didn't know that they were associated with Edward Griffin. Yeah, so uh, John, Rich yeah, because John Richard, John Richardson's father was best friends with G. Edward Griffin uh, through the John Birch Society, and so John Richardson, who started this nutrition uh, Richardson Nutrition Center, uh, grew up with G. Edward Griffin around all the time. So, yeah, that was the connection, and it was actually his father who uh, turned. Uh, Edward, G. Edward Griffin onto the power of B17 and uh, the, the connection to cancer. Yeah. 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 So These are very important. B vitamins, B honeybees. Yeah. I, I, I um, figured out the other day, like if you know schizophrenics, they're like always chain smoking. And I was like, oh yeah, it's because they're, they're wanting the B3. They're, it's like historic that schizophrenics are deficient in B3 and B, I think, 7. So no wonder they're trying to get the nicotinamide from the cigarettes. And that's why they, isn't that fascinating? That's fascinating. It's yeah. so interesting how many, when you look at a lot of the mental, quote unquote, disorders and uh, psycholog psychopathy, how much of it either comes from, uh, like physical, yeah. you know, problems, whether it be like some sort of toxicity or deficiency that's creating it or uh, coming from sort of a spiritual, you know, whether it be traumatic uh, or misalignment type of thing. Yeah. I think it's fascinating when yet they, they want to make it all like, oh, it's genetic. <laughs> we'll give you a drug. And that, yeah, that'll enable you as as crazy instead of being nutritionally deficient, severely right. nutritionally deficient. That it's so easy that uh, yeah, if, if you give them the bees. Um, oh yeah, Zach had told me that a lot of them are. If you do a niacin, they can actually feel better by high mega dosing niacin, which is a a B as well, but sure. yeah. do you know which niacin? Because I think there's a big difference. One is a B, nice. The flush niacin is a different B than the other one, right? Yeah, I don't know which one, but I know that if uh, it would take a, a big, big dose to even get a flush for a schizophrenic because they're so they're so deficient. They're so deficient. I had wanted for a long time. I had observed because um, I had. A girlfriend who's also birthday January fifteenth. Her sister, who's now passed, was uh, schizophrenic, and she would chain smoke. And I was like, I'm going to find out why they do that. But now it just makes so much sense. 
uh, of the nicotine lines. That is so interesting. Yeah. I, I never heard that before, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so they're trying to self-medicate. Um, but of course, you know, like the tobacco, I personally don't think tobacco is bad if it's not doused with all those chemicals. But I think a lot of the fillers and the pesticides, yeah, that that creates problems. I mean, I think things in moderation. I think they've demonized right. tobacco much more than it deserves. I, I'm not necessarily advocating that pregnant yeah. women should smoke, you know, 10 packs a day or anything. Uh, yeah, think, for sure. Yeah. Safe and effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, don't eat that tuna because it has some, you know, mercury in it. But oh, the jab is safe and effective for your. Well, and they can't don't eat that tuna, but they can't explain why women in Japan live on sushi during pregnancy and their babies seem to come out just fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, have you ever thought about that? I'm like, it's so bizarre. Like they scare you so much. Can't have fish. You, and then they say, oh, well, they're that. used to it. Yeah. I didn't know that they tell you not to have fish. Um, well, they tell you not to have raw fish, right? Raw fish. Now, granted, the chances of some sort of contamination or parasites is probably higher. Um, but that might be true for you. Could That could be the case for really anything, right? So to tell you, but then you look in Asia, I mean, especially in Japan. I mean, pregnant women eat sushi all the time. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that's changed in the past, let's say, 20 years with the advent of just toxifying. Sure, with the ocean, yeah. Like like the blue zones, the people that live in 70, 80, 90, 100. When I went to Sardinia, when I went to Ikaria in Greece, I was mm-hmm. with producers doing a series on blue zones, and then they left and I stayed, and I found out that, oh, there's – increasing rates of cancer on yeah. this uh, uh, on this island and there's like plastic um, that there there was um, illegal waste that they would just put put on fire and just have all the plastic going the point is that it's not the way it used to be no I agree with that there's definitely the, the oceans are super polluted especially now so yeah I think the region and the the waters definitely matter but I I was just more referring to how absurd it is that you know it seems to be it's it's they they scare you it's like terrifying that that's going to kill you and your your baby and then you you look at you know people who like entire diets consists of that and so yeah it's kind of like you know they they tell you that i mean raw milk is illegal and meanwhile most of the nutrients and most people who are even like lactose intolerant or can't handle dairy can handle raw milk just fine so it's strange that it's illegal and they scare you into thinking i I mean it is illegal i was in venice maybe you were living in la too when they Mm -hmm. raided the um, the raw do you remember when they raided with guns they came and they seized all the milk they did i don't remember when that was though um venice they did do that though that was crazy um super yeah so crazy well yeah the the clown world um well we covered the gamut (laughs) we did we did thank you thank you for sharing my my uh j6 story and i mean thank you for capturing it thank you is the idea that they're going to be releasing the footage like in the Mm -hmm. is the is the narrative that 
there's a push to release all this footage from January 6th. Mm-hmm. That's what we're hearing, right? Yeah, I, I, I've lost, I've lost track of where we're at. Yeah, that's with, my website. People's with the with Gen Six. Yeah, I mean the, that that's the narrative that you know they're claiming they're going to do essentially like a, I guess you would call it a controlled disclosure, uh, yeah. and start releasing all of this uh, footage. But um, I don't know. It's just so so much evidence already that that this was a uh, this was a federal operation and for people to still be believing anything else seems kind of incredulous um my concern is where they're gonna direct it because yeah we are heading what, into where they're gonna what did you say the last where they're gonna direct it because we are heading into 2024 right <laughs> so whether uh they're going to I don't know how this is going to be used, but you know, something I wanted to address that you had brought up before, because I think it is really important is just when you were talking about how like, like the, the people who get a break from jail to go on Tim pool or uh, some of the people who are very public figures who've been released early. um, And, you know, not that, not to say that I'm not happy that they were and that they, but the, here's the thing. There are people who were doing very good things and complete, not just innocent, but actually helping people who are still in jail and whose families are suffering tremendously, both legally, financially, uh, emotionally, just the Im- incredible amount of suffering that they're enduring. And they don't have the megaphone no. to, they don't have the recourse. And what does that say? I mean, I really feel like they, this is such a... Um, it's such signaling to people that, you know, they have no power. That's, that's really what I think this is, was about. It's, and I feel like that's being reinforced with, again, I'm not, I'm happy that people like Owen Schroer are released. I'm happy that, you know, some of the other uh, people are getting some sort of, I mean, even for people to get a break and go on Tim Pool, like that's, it's not that I wish any ill on them. I just, there's so many innocent people who are really suffering and their families are suffering. And I do think the message is that, you know, the, the, we, the people don't have power and don't try to fight the system uh, because ultimately they're in control. And that, I mean, it's supposed to be consent of the governed of the people by the people for the people. And uh, while we obviously see so much of that being eroded, it's uh it's pretty devastating and I am concerned about how they're going to use it and spin it, uh, for, you know, the, uh, going into 2024. I mean, or they might just, you know, come up with something all altogether entirely different, but I do think that they are, they're using this narrative and they're building some sort of, as you had pointed out, like justification, like the sense of justice for the people on the right. And I think that's kind of what they're trying, they're building momentum for, what was uh, the website that you were sharing? The Real J Six. The Real J Six. So is that uh, with David is that David's project? Stop hate. Um, I don't know if it's David. I know. I think Sarah Maccabee is affiliated with them. Um, Sarah yeah. Maccabee's husband has been in jail for two years. Yeah, That's and he was a cop, a- and he was just helping one of the other cops. Like, yeah. It's like why. You know, again, it's like why, oh, AJ gets special treatment, but this person doesn't. Like, you know, 
And how does that bode with this communistic, like, we're all the same thing? Right. 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 We're all the same, not- except the people who are special and who are serving our agenda. And, and this is not to say that I'm not happy that Alex Jones That's is back on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, great. Like, I think he should be. I don't think he should have ever been taken off. Right. <laughs> what about everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and then, and then the, the general public thinking that not realizing that there's some people who get special privilege. It's like Alex should be defending the other people that are not on uh, there anymore uh, as he's sucking Elon Dick. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He cer- certainly was. What was very like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I didn't hear this face, but I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, okay. Look, I'll just reference Alex Jones had a, <clears throat> had a uh, debate with uh, with Stu Peters recently about oh. Zionism and oh. anti-Semitism. And, was it and, really recent? I haven't heard this. Very one. recent. Very okay. recent. Like a few days ago. Okay. And for me, AJ is playing a role. Like what you're gonna you're you're you've been around for how long and you're feigning like you don't know um, <clears throat> the distinction or what Zionism or he's like grilling stew. And I I, I would be actually curious for you to hear it, Courtney, to give me your take on the level, the level of, again, of like, this is real, but it's kind of not, you know, it's kind of blurry. Is it like uh, Kevin Spacey or is he playing Frank Underwood? It's very blurred as to, you know, Stu Peters and and Alex are having an important discussion. Right. Uh, And then he was making fun. He's like, are we going to speak? Am I going to be like, yay, where I'm talking about anti-Semitism for, Hours and hours. Yeah, I, I'd uh, invite you to take a look at it. Yeah, I'd be very curious. Well, I, you know, I, I certainly don't think that uh, Stu is uh, an independent uh, agent. <laughs> I don't know how to word it, but I, I'd be very shocked if I learned that he was. Right. Yeah. Taking point, he didn't show up to the, to the I was on with uh, King Bao, Joel uh-huh. Bauman, the fighter, and... Mm-hmm. Sean Hibbler and Stu was supposed to join after he was with them the night before talking about Derek. And then they're like, well, you should see the real timeline and come on and discuss. Um, mm-hmm. And he bailed. So still not oh. too late. Yeah, he, he said was- he didn't show up and he bailed. Wow. So, um, okay. Debate. Who really runs New World Order? Interesting. And I'm guessing Stu said, it's the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. The Jews, they run the new world order. Okay. Um, I I feel like it's just getting old at this point. It's like, really, if you really believe that, like, I almost just think you have to be stupid. I I hate to be insulting that way, but it's so uh, general to say that and it's it's just like right when they say who's it's so born. simplistic and reductionistic i mean you really have that, that like simplistic view of if really if we're going to look at the new world order puppet masters if you will as being and not only jews they're, they're definitely not only jews I, I would actually argue that even the ones who claim to be jews are not actual jews i don't i i, I would argue that I'd like to test them on their Torah, uh, Torah knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure they they don't attend 
synagogue and uh, read the Torah. That, that's going to be my conjecture. I could be wrong. And if they want to come forth. Well, you talked about the fake Jews, which also. Sure. But I mean, even the fake Jews, it's just, it's so simplistic. And where I was going with this is if you really have this view of like puppet masters controlling, you know, they're this like masters of a grand chessboard controlling all these pawns. Really, you're, you think that something that grand and that complex could be reduced to pin the tail on the donkey? Oh, it's the Jews. It's like, really? No, it's a trap. I it's think it's a trap. trap. And I don't want to have anything to, to do with them. And I know I'm talking about it in the context of AJ and, and Stu in this right. talk. But I purposely, like, this is definitely not my battle. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm against... Um, I'm against killing people, period. And mm -hmm. it's also such an age old, it's such a, you'd have to be such a historian to really understand the nuances. And yes, so for me, I, to speak, I'd have to do a shitload of. of me too. Well, I had this, I had this argument actually pretty recently because, uh, you know, they were like, well, 1948 was it's an illegal uh, occupation of the land and and I said okay well if we want to play that game how far back are we going to go do you think the Palestinians should give it back to the to to the Romans I mean we could play that game uh, should should the Americans give the land back to the Native American I mean this is when people think it's so simple it's like well really how simple is it how far back do you want to go and to yeah. untangle this very intricate web it's not simple. There's nothing simple about it at all. And that's not to justify, uh, you know, murder. That's not to justify any of the atrocities that are occurring. Right. I just think that they're, they're being, they're being used as pawns. They're, they're you know, there are innocent victims. Yeah. No, nothing's going to get solved. This has been going on for such a long time. And if the real goal was peace, but, I don't see that as don't a... Don't you know that we achieve peace through war? You've been telling us that for a very long time. So that, and that's the answer. We just need more war and we'll have peace. Huh. <laughs> I know. I know. So silly, Mimi. Why didn't you know that before? Yeah, I'm not into war. And and that's why I don't watch war movies. I don't watch horror movies. I, I don't need that into my yeah. psyche per personally. And it's really sad because they're going to, this is etching a deeper divide, yeah. right? And uh, just, it's become so inflammatory. It has. Yeah. And I think they're, they're, they're exploiting that because it is, so the passions are so heightened. I mean, you know, it, it is so age old and it goes so far back and it runs so deep for people. And I think that's part of why they're using it because, you know, it's, yeah, right. We could argue that's how far back it goes, you know. You see the serpent in the foreground. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's just, I mean, it's so interesting. I'm seeing like the the snake image in like so many things. We looked at it. We were going to go to see a movie and we do need to do that this weekend. Uh, <laughs> we need to do some, something fun downtime. What? Which movie? Well, we were just looking through to see what to see. I think we were looking. I I would like to actually see Hunger Games. I didn't even know they were doing a new one. What? But there were so yeah, I know. I didn't know that either. And I don't with think Jennifer it's gonna be Lawrence? It's not with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I don't know who's in it, but they did I didn't recognize them. But did you see Leave the World Behind? 
I have not. So that's on Netflix. Leave the World Behind and Civil War are the other propagandist predictive programming movies. I have not seen those yet. Um, Civil War is out. I did see Leave the World Behind. Okay. What did you think? I thought it shit, shitty, shitty ending. It's this new. Ho- oh, we don't know where to end it. Let's just end it here. Just oh, okay. This is such a premature okay. ending. And of course, the line of like, you know, against the white people, which was yeah. what? Like, how I is heard it? that. Like, oh, it's wow. going to be hard to trust anybody, especially the white people. I, yeah, someone Thanks, actually Michelle did tell and me. Barack. Thanks. Huh? I says thanks, Michelle and Barack. Right, they're... right. Of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. The that. Hunger Games, this Ballad of Songbird and Snakes, and there were so many Disney's new movie had like it looked like the Ouroboros in their graphic. Um, so I was just like, wow. They were it. We're just scrolling through the posters. Is this a completely different? It's the the new Hunger Games. Yeah. It's just not. It's not Jennifer Lawrence. It's somebody else. I don't know the people, the actors, but but I am curious to see it. Yeah. So this is the new. Uh, it's called Wish, and I mean, how dark and maniacal does that look? But it looks like the Ouroboros. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just very struck, just scrolling, just a quick glance, and I'm like, look at all these good catch. Things. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I hadn't seen a Hollywood movie. In a long time to get Netflix and and watch it, um, just yeah, decided to watch it. But then yeah, I, I thought it was crappy, crappy ending. But I think that's that a lot of movies in Hollywood say, like, yeah. "We don't know where to end it. Let's just end it here." Like I'm yeah, I think that's been for a very long time. I would say decades. They've done that. It's been. Will you guys crazy. watch it just for the predictive? Yeah, program? yeah, <laughs> I think we will. Um, we need to get. You know, some downtime schedules to catch up on the movies. <laughs> when you have to, when you have to schedule downtime, I know, right? We do. <laughs> I know, I do too. Yeah, if we don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. And uh, watching movies is basically research for us. It's reconnaissance, so it's not really downtime, but um, but it's more downtime than what we we need to schedule it in. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is leaving the world behind. I haven't seen it. Um, but I did hear about it. It was interesting because I was telling my sister uh, that we really, because it was during the tornado. Apparently she had seen it, but I didn't know she saw it. And I was saying, they were asking if we were okay. And I was saying, we really need to get a you know place that has a basement. So we have a bunker and mm. uh, that would protect us from tornadoes. And she said, oh my gosh, you don't know how creepy it is that you just said that. I just watched Leave the World Behind. And the whole thing was about their them and their bunkers and yeah, and she basically told me the plot of the movie, but no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't um, want to spoil it in case you watch it. When I was still, I think, in, I was working at NBC and I wanted to do a story on uh, apocalypse and people who are building bunkers. And then I think my girlfriend, who's working for um, Global, she's Canadian too. Is it global? Anyway, she she did a she did a series on people who deck out their bunkers and oh, interesting. And in this movie, yeah, there's a pretty posh bunker. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think uh, not just for the elites. I think it's going to be a real thing that might be worthwhile if you have the capacity to invest in. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
No, and I don't know if Civil War might not be out yet, but I've seen like the previews for that, and that's and that's definitely predictive programming for sure. They've been, I mean, so that would be the moral of the story. If I if I can encourage people to do anything, is not play a violent reactionary because they're really uh, advocating for, or they're trying to push for civil war, balkanization. You know, as much of us fighting each other as possible, and if we can opt out of that, that would. That would probably be good. Yeah, absolutely, and, and see that we are we are very lucky that we haven't had bombs go off yeah. here, and uh, we're spoiled by that. You know, we don't really yes. realize what you know these war torn places where it's bombs every other day. Why is Mark Zuckerberg building a private apocalypse bunker in Hawaii? I'm sure, he has a couple of bunkers. I'm sure. Yes. That looks it's very like, pretty. Though. When I was in Costa Rica, oh, I was so upset. I miss Dorsey. He was at the farmer's market. The you know, It's called Feria at the farmer's market. And I went to the farmer's market and they're like, you miss, you just miss Jack Dorsey. Like literally oh. by half an hour, God would I have gone up to him. I yeah. Swear. He was looking. So he, People asked him, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm looking for community. Oh, okay, Jack. Jack was looking for community in Costa Rica. Yeah, in the area where... Did he find it? I don't know. I don't know. I I was really bummed because, yeah, I would have gone up to him and and asked to have a conversation with him and wonder if he's, like, if he's really a cool guy or, Mm. you know, he's looking for community in Costa Rica. I mean, okay. That's that's interesting. I don't know what to make of that, but yeah. Well, I think maybe we can leave it there. Uh, yeah, if you have anything else you want to add, please do. And uh, yeah, tell yeah, everybody that you're having me. And of you course. can go on to Honey Colony. I would say my call to action is like, please sign up to Substack. And yeah, follow. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You can get something. And support Courtney too, and support Honey Colony, and support yourself by checking out my beautiful business that's been around for 15 years, and almost 15 years. Or, um, yeah, sign up to my Substack and be in the know of all my interviews or articles um, because I'm putting a lot of love into into that. And I, I invite you to try dark mode on everything. Try what? Dark mode. Oh, dark mode with everything. Yeah, oh. and dark mode just looks way better and is easier on the eyes. Is it? I have dark I mode on my Twitter. I have dark mode on my Substack. I see that. I find it so much harder to read things. You, it's you like, do? Yeah. Yes, I find it very like jarring. And do you know what I wonder? And I don't know. Uh, yeah. It could just be I'm not used to it. But I wonder if it's because I'm monocular, and I yeah. think. The black and white contrast requires, it's almost like depth. So it might, it, I feel like it requires more focus for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not used to it, but that just dawned on me because. Yeah, that's interesting because I've not heard that it's jarring. And that's like, oh, wow. Where for me, it's like soothing to not have all the the light. Um, I hear that from a lot of people. A lot of people really <laughs> prefer it. I, I don't. Yeah, that's so interesting. Maybe I should just try and see if I can get used to it. But no, I mean, if it if the light doesn't if it doesn't bother you as is, yeah. How's Dangerous Dames going? 
It's great. Yeah, I think we just did episode, that was episode 13. We just filmed, a, we're having episode 14 will come out Monday. Um, yeah, that's super have ever, fun. Have you had other men on since James? Uh, we, no. Oh, yes, we do. We had Scott Kesterson on uh, from Bards Fest. And he has a podcast, I believe, as well. He was former military. Yeah, he was great. So we did have a, a two dangerous dudes. I think we're, we'll we'll look to see who else we have. But we will, I think, bring on more people in the new year. Nice. So, yeah. So it's been yeah. fun. We, we'll have we, to see what you're doing for your birthday. I know. It was yesterday. Everyone was like... <gasps> Why, why did they think it was yesterday or the food? Just Facebook messed up and put my birthday as being like December 20th. And so oh. it was super weird. And a lot of people reached out to me like, I don't think this is your birthday, but I'm like, no, because it's not. <laughs> and then a lot of people wish me a happy birthday, which it just goes to show nobody remembers people's birthdays. You know, everybody depends on like social media and especially Facebook. And so, yeah, I don't, it was super weird. I didn't change it. It was just a glitch and they decided they knew my birthday better than me, I guess. I, I, I don't know. But uh, in case anybody cares, it's uh, it's January 15th. Um, yeah. And I have no idea what I'm going to do this year. Yeah. What, do you have plans yet? You yeah. either. Okay. Both of our birthdays are January 15th. No, I don't, yeah. I don't know what I'll do. I kind of, I usually hide for holidays and mm -hmm. days I don't like to do much, but I was thinking, what what will I do to treat myself? Yeah. Let me know if you're in Florida. Okay. Yeah, I will. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll do something together. So, right. so you're younger, right? Well, how old are you turning? Oh, so we're going to tell everybody how old I am? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I, not that it's not easy to find no, out. I, I decided I should not tell people how old I am. Like, I, I flaunt it, but it's also, yeah, it's hard for women and aging. It's really interesting. Maybe oh, I, I just mean, like, something should be private. I don't know. It's really not that hard for people to find, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah. That's fine. I'm just saying it's it, women. There's more of a stigma to say I'm, and there's there there people are ageist. It's like with women. Oh, I don't feel that way. At, I don't feel that way at all. I mean, I understand that ageism is a real thing. It exists, but I feel like really proud. It's mm -hmm. like we are the alternative is pretty bad. Um, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, there's an eternal, and I go to he heaven, and that that's great. But I mean, I, I'm. For right now, I'd like to be on Earth for a little while longer. So I'm really grateful for each year I get. And uh, I, I hope to accomplish much more and experience a lot more in the years to come. So I, I feel like I'm pretty young in the grand scheme of Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. All right. Well, well, we'll do this again. And I'll see you soon. Yes. So right. Thank you all for listening and thank watching. You. And thank you, Houston. Thank you in the background. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. you bye -bye. America, we are under attack, not by these police officers necessarily, but by the deep state. Here we are in the middle of a of a militant leftist deep state globalist operation trying to make Trump supporters look like idiots and that we're violent agitators. With truth and fact, there are people dressed up in MAGA hats and other gear that are pretending to be MAGA supporters and they're instigating and they're playing on the emotions 
of all Trump supporters. Listen to this. Listen to this. These are people that love the cops. We love the police. But a few Antifa dressed up as Trump supporters have been causing violence and stirring up violence here at the Capitol steps. And they're playing on the emotions of you and every patriotic American. This is not right. It is not necessarily their fault either. We've just been tear gas. I reported live from here in Capitol. DC Patriot. Follow Real Matt Couch. I'll see you guys soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.